Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. I am a certified dementia practitioner and the founder of Bamboo Care. So today's topic is all about palliative care and hospice. So there is a lot of confusion and misunderstanding surrounding palliative care and hospice. And unfortunately, due to this, people with dementia often fail to receive both palliative and hospice care, or if they do, it ends up being far too late to really reap the full benefits of such services. Now, some people have heard of hospice, but have never heard of palliative care. And others believe that palliative care and hospice are the exact same thing, which they're not. There are very important differences, which I want to be sure that you understand because there have been reports that even some physicians, the professionals that are responsible for referring someone to such services, don't always have an accurate understanding, which is not good. Now let me ask you this. When you hear the word hospice, what do you think of? I'll give you a few moments, but what comes to mind when you hear the word hospice? So some people think of giving up, hastening death, or oh, they kill people, or oh, they starve people. Other people think things like comfort care, improving quality of life, end of life care, additional caregiver support, things like that. Now, understandably, some people are afraid of hospice because of the horror stories that you sometimes hear, which trust me, I am not one of those people who's gonna tell you that all palliative care and hospice providers are peachy clean because that's far from the truth. There can be a lot of unethical and unfortunate things that can happen if you don't do your diligent research and pick a good provider. And that's why it's so important that you look at the ratings and the reviews, why you interview multiple providers and not just one, that you can find out from maybe support groups, other people who've been through it and can give you their recommendations, okay? Because there are some providers that are just not responsive and that has resulted in a lot of suffering, which is what we don't want. So in next week's episode, we will talk about some of the questions to ask when you're looking for a hospice provider. But for this episode, we're just going to talk about palliative care and hospice and how they're different, okay? Now, when people hear the term palliative, most people just aren't sure what it means, or like I said, they just think it's the same as hospice. So let's start with defining palliative care. Now, I'm going to read the definition as outlined by the World Health Organization, because when you search for palliative care providers, this will be the type of language that you will hear, and so I want you to be familiar with it. And then I'll break it down for you so there isn't so much blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here we go. So according to the World Health Organization, palliative care is an approach that improves the quality of life of patients and their families facing the problem associated with life-threatening illness through the prevention and relief of suffering by means of early identification and impeccable assessment and treatment of pain and other problems physical, psychosocial, and spiritual. Palliative care provides relief from pain and other distressing symptoms, affirms life and regards dying as a normal process, intends neither to hasten or postpone death, integrates the psychological and spiritual aspects of patient care, 
offers a support system to help patients live as actively as possible until death, offers a support system to help the family cope during the patient's illness and in their own bereavement, uses a team approach to address the needs of patients and their families, including bereavement counseling if indicated, will enhance quality of life, and may also positively influence the course of illness and is applicable early in the course of illness in conjunction with other therapies that are intended to prolong life, such as chemotherapy or radiation therapy, and includes those investigations needed to better understand and manage distressing clinical complications. Okay, so first let's break down who palliative care is for. It's for anyone living with a serious or life-threatening illness. So this could be dementia, cancer, heart failure, COPD, which if you don't know is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, Parkinson's disease, kidney failure, and so many other diagnoses. Now catch this, because this is important. Palliative care services can be provided at any stage of a diagnosis. I'm going to repeat that in case you missed it, okay? Palliative care services can be provided at any stage of a diagnosis. And the earlier that you can start palliative care, the better, okay? Now, with palliative care, you have this multidisciplinary team. So this team may include doctors, nurses, social workers, chaplains, pharmacists, nutritionists, counselors, all types of professionals, okay? And this team approach is in efforts to provide not only medical, but social, emotional, spiritual, and practical support. Now, when I was reading the WHO definition, World Health Organization definition, it mentioned that palliative care provides relief from pain and other distressing symptoms. So you may be wondering, okay, well, what kind of symptoms is the statement referring to? So, of course, pain like it says, but also shortness of breath, nausea, constipation, diarrhea, fatigue, delirium, anxiety, depression, insomnia, those kind of symptoms, okay? So, the whole purpose is to try to relieve those distressing symptoms. And with the relieving of those symptoms, the hope is that your quality of life will be better along with the other support services that they provide, okay? Now, something else that's important to know is that palliative care can be provided in hospitals, nursing homes, outpatient palliative care clinics, and certain other specialized types of clinics, or at home. Now, the big question is, okay, well, who's going to pay for all this? So, Medicare Part B, Medicaid and some insurance policies cover palliative care. And veterans may be eligible for palliative care as well through the Department of Veteran Affairs, but there may be something like a copay. Now, if your partner doesn't have health insurance, then you may be able to identify like community funds or charitable foundations that may be able to help, okay? So I want to address this because some people think, well, my partner's doctor hasn't brought it up yet, so my partner probably doesn't need it, right? Nope, not necessarily. Because you have to remember, I said that some providers, some physicians aren't even 
completely aware of the difference between palliative care and hospice care. So depending on the doctor, some don't bring up palliative care right away because they associate it with end-of-life care. So if your partner living with dementia suffers from physical pain or emotional pain or any of those other symptoms that I mentioned and they're being poorly managed and it seems like they're kind of suffering from it, then you may want to consider palliative care and bring it up to your partner's doctor, okay? The good thing about palliative care is that you don't have to give up your partner's health care provider if you don't want to. So if you really do like your partner's doctor, with palliative care, you don't have to give them up. The palliative team can work with your partner's current doctor if that's what you want. But I would definitely bring it up to the doctor if it's something that you think that your partner would benefit from, okay? Now, with dementia, as of right now, there is no curative treatment at this time, okay? But many people's partners may be on medications like Aricept, Namenda, or others. Medications that are targeting the symptoms of the issues with memory, attention, and thinking, okay? And so these types of medications can be continued while receiving palliative care which is good because I know a lot of people are concerned about that. Now let's transition to hospice. So hospice is a type of palliative care, and that's where the confusion comes in, because hospice is a type of palliative care. So it's one of those things where hospice is always palliative care, but not all palliative care is hospice, okay? And it kind of reminds me of the confusion with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Alzheimer's disease is always dementia, but dementia is not always Alzheimer's disease. There are over 100 diseases and conditions that can cause dementia, okay? So with hospice, hospice is comfort care provided for a person with a terminal illness whose doctor believes he or she has six months or less left to live if the illness runs its natural course. With hospice care, you are no longer seeking treatment other than palliative care. With hospice, you still have a multidisciplinary team coordinating your partner's care, you can still keep your desired healthcare provider, none of that changes. But you do get some added perks. It's like an additional layer of support and it's awesome, okay? So for one, you have access to 24-7 assistance via the phone, okay? So if the crisis or concern cannot be handled over the phone, then you'll have a hospice nurse that will often make an in-person visit. Now, there is this common misperception or misconception that hospice will provide 24-7 caregiving services. And unfortunately, this is not typically the case. So I want to be sure to mention that because some people are disappointed because they realize that they're still having to do a lot of the care. Now, hospices may have aides or volunteers who can assist with care a couple of times a week for about an hour or so. But if more hours are needed, then this usually has to come out of pocket. Now, I will say that when medically necessary, hospices must offer continuous care where the hospice team members kind of work in shifts up to 24 hours a day for a brief period. And this is just to help with acute symptom management 
to avoid hospitalization. So if your partner is displaying acute symptoms and it's beyond what you're able to manage, then they will do like a shift rotation between a hospice team. But on the day-to-day caring of your partner, you will be the one who's largely responsible for it, but you may have the help a couple of times a week from like an aide or a volunteer unless you choose to pay for additional help out of pocket, okay? Another benefit is that all medical equipment and supplies is provided for the hospice care recipient. So this may include a hospital bed, pressure relief mattresses, oxygen equipment, BiPAPs or CPAPs, wheelchairs, walkers, Hoyer lifts, shower chairs or tub transfer benches, bedside commode, catheters, gauze, wound care supplies, what else? Bedpans, briefs, other incontinence types of supplies, gloves, wet wipes, even personal care products like soap, shampoo, lotion, barrier creams, right? And so the supplies that you get that are provided to you will be based on the hospice nurse's assessment and then coordination with the person's doctor, okay? Another great thing that some people aren't aware of is that hospices are required to offer bereavement services to the family for at least a year after a loved one dies. And so this grief support may be offered through like one-on-one counseling or group sessions or maybe just phone calls. And also, if you didn't know, many hospices also offer grief support to the general public. And this is regardless of whether hospice was involved in caring for the person who died. So I would definitely keep that in mind. Now again, who's going to pay for all this, right? So hospice is covered by Medicare Part A, Medicaid, and most private insurances. Hospice is also a part of the VA standard medical benefits package. And again, if you do not have health insurance or your partner doesn't have health insurance, you may be able to identify community funds or charitable foundations that may be able to help. Okay, so hospice care usually takes place at home, but it can also be provided at an assisted living facility, a nursing home, hospice facility, or a hospital. Okay, so really wherever is considered home for your partner at the time being, hospice care can be provided. So as I mentioned, with palliative care, you can continue medications such as Aricept and Namenda without much fuss. However, in hospice, many of the times they'll try to encourage the discontinuing of such medications as they can sometimes cause unwanted side effects that are trying to be avoided at this stage. And so most of the time, this is kind of like a weaning off process where they decrease the dose while observing and assessing for any like behavior or psychological symptoms. And so if the person does well without that medication, then they'll discontinue it altogether. But if the person seems to be worse off without it than with it, then they'll put them back on like the minimum dose required. Okay. Other medications that may be discontinued at the end of life may be multivitamins, supplements, chemo medications, as some people unfortunately have both dementia and cancer. 
Statins, which are typically prescribed to manage cholesterol to reduce the risk of like a heart attack or stroke. Blood pressure medications, medications for diabetes, and anticoagulants. And so the discontinuing of such meds are typically based on like the diagnosis, the person's current condition, the goals of care, and any contraindications that there may be. Now, another big question that people want to know is, well, what if we change our mind about hospice? Can we get out of it? Or is my partner just stuck in it until they pass? So fortunately, people have the right to revoke or opt out of their hospice benefit at any time, and they can re-enroll at a later date without any penalties or liabilities. So if you decide that mm, maybe hospice isn't for you, or maybe if you think you chose the wrong hospice provider, you can always opt out of the hospice benefit and re-enroll at a later date or with a different provider company, okay? The next biggest question is, well, what happens if my partner under hospice care lives longer than six months? So if the doctor continues to certify that the person is still close to dying, then hospice services can continue. There have been people on hospice for a year, even two years, okay? Because determining the prognosis of when someone is going to die is not black and white. And so sometimes it's just based on best guess based on what the doctor knows. So if the doctor still certifies that, okay, well, they are close to death, then those hospice services can continue. And then it's also possible to leave hospice care for a little while and then return if the healthcare provider then believes that, okay, well, now I'm thinking again that they only have six months or less to live, okay? So I just wanted to give a quick recap in very basic terms. What is palliative care and what is hospice? So palliative care is comfort care that can be initiated at any stage of a serious life-limiting illness, and this includes dementia. I say this because a lot of people don't think it includes dementia, and this may be because there's still a lot of misunderstanding about dementia as well, and people don't realize that true dementia is progressive and terminal, meaning that it will get worse and it will ultimately result in death if something else does not cause the person to pass first. And this is because whatever disease process or condition is triggering dementia, it's doing so by causing brain cell death, which ultimately results in brain death. And as the brain dies, the person unfortunately will start losing their ability to function. So yes, unfortunately, dementia is a serious and life-limiting condition, okay? And it is deserving of palliative care, which will provide a multidisciplinary team to manage medical, social, emotional, and spiritual needs. And then we have hospice care, which is a type of palliative care that a person with a terminal illness qualifies for if the doctor certifies that they have six months or less left to live. With hospice care, you get an additional layer of support, like the 24-7 access to the hospice nurses, the medical equipment and supplies that you need, a hospice aid or volunteer support, and bereavement support, okay? 
So I really do hope that this podcast was informative and valuable. Please remember, when in doubt, check it out, meaning call a palliative care or hospice provider and ask questions. Call your partner's doctor and ask questions. Please, please, please don't wait until it's too late, especially if the principles of palliative care, which is essentially comfort care, okay, and hospice, which is comfort care when the prognosis is six months or less of life, okay, greatly aligns with your partner's desires for themselves. Okay, so if you have any questions, comments, or future podcast requests, you can send us a voice message on whatthedementia.com, or you can send us an email at podcast at whatthedementia.com. In next week's episode, remember we will be going over some important questions to ask when specifically looking for a hospice provider. So thank you for joining us on another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care, and until next time, stay strong, carry on, and remember, you are not alone. Bamboo Care is always here.